Good morning, everyone. I am so thankful to look out and see everyone here today. And if you're visiting with us, we're so thankful that you're here. And if you're online, welcome to New Hope. If you are visiting, we would love for you to text the word welcome to 704-459-5575. It's just such a great way to get connected with you and to get you information and to hear about you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning before we start. Father God, what a beautiful day you've given us. We are so thankful for it. Just the sound of the air, the wind, the birds, everything just magnifies who you are. What a reminder every day that we wake up and we look out and walk out and see your glory. We thank you. We thank you for this holy day, this day of worship, this day that we have to rest and to be with you. We're just thankful. We ask that you guide us in your path, in your will, the words that you have for us, the songs that you want to lay on our hearts so that we can worship you to the best of our ability, Lord. We give you this day. God, we thank you for your life that you gave us. We thank you for the son that you sent to die for us. What a reminder that we should have every breath, Lord, that we were saved through him and we can be here today to worship you. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. It's so great to be here with y'all. I don't have many announcements. I wish I had more so I could stay up here longer and talk to y'all. But I do want to say that our youth group D now is coming up soon. It's March 11th through the 13th. So if you're not signed up, if you have friends that you think might want to go or neighbors or grandkids, just let me know. We're getting all that finalized. Um, and we have all of our host homes I'm so thankful for. But we do need a few people to help Miss Sue in the kitchen. She's heading up the weekend, so if you would like to be the hands and feet of Jesus for the weekend and help Sue Bruns in the kitchen, that would be wonderful. Just let me know. If you don't, I will ask you shortly. So, whichever way. Um, yeah, that's all. Good morning, everyone. I hope you'll have a great time of worship.
Amen. It is good to be near the Lord. Isn't there just a peace of knowing uh, that closeness with the, with the Lord that, <clears throat> that nothing else offers? We could be around people or cir- cir- different circumstances, but just knowing that you're at one with the Lord uh, brings, brings great peace. Amen. Praise God for that. We, uh, <clears throat> we distribute a, a monthly magazine uh, through the church called Mature Living. So how do you know if you're a, a mature adult? Well, well, typically it's by our age, okay? It's, uh, maybe you feel like you're a mature adult. But, uh, so, so how do we know we're getting older outside of our birthdays? Okay, here's a few indicators that I ran across this week. Everything hurts, and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. <laughs> it takes longer to get up than it does to walk across the room. The gleam in your eyes from the sunlight hitting your bifocals. <laughs> you know all the answers, but no one's asked you the questions yet. The snap, crackling pop is your joints popping, not the Rice Krispies. You look forward to a dull evening at home. You sit in a rocking chair and can't get it going. (laughs) Your knees buckle, but your belt won't. And your back goes out more than you do. (laughs) Those are all some pretty good indicators that we qualify for the Mature Living magazine, okay? Or, or, Or at least to be considered amongst the mature, right? Um, you know, kids often, when, when, they, when they grow up, I, wanna, I, wanna, I can't wait till I'm, I can't wait till I'm, you know, and, and it's often the milestones. I can't wait till I'm 13. I'm a teenager, you know. Or I can't wait till I can drive. Or I can't wait till I'm 16 or 18 or, or 21. And it's funny, about the time you hit 25 or 30, you start going backwards. It ain't all that. You start thinking, man, I wish I was 18. I wish I was 16 again. And and, and the older we get, the more mature we get, the more we wish that was the truth, don't we? But but unlike Caroline, she wasn't one to say, oh, I want to get older. I can't wait till I'm 13 or 15. Caroline always said, and probably still does today, I want to stay little forever. How much fun is it to be little? You know, we, we don't have the cares of the world. We don't have the mortgage payment, the car payment, the bills, all the, you know, the, the, the medical issues, okay? But that's part of growing up and part of growing old. Today we're going to look at the idea of spiritual maturity, not physical maturity, and being content with Christ. And we're going to look at Philippians chapter 3 this morning as we continue our series. And in the series 316, we're going to be in, in most of the chapter of chapter 3 in Philippians. But as we look at Paul and we look at Paul's life, we, we see and we notice that, that he was never satisfied with his relationship with Christ. He always wanted more. He was always digging for more. He was always trying to make... He, He was always trying to know Christ and to make Him known. That was the essence of who Paul was. 
He wanted to know Christ at a deeper level and everywhere he went and everything he did, he wanted to make him known to the world around us. And we think about Paul being the, 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 the great missionary. He never compared himself to other people. You know, oftentimes we might, we might look at the people in our Sunday school class and think, okay, I, I'm probably doing a little better than they are spiritually, so I'm, I'm good. Or somebody across the pew from you or whatever, and think, okay, I'm, I'm not as bad as they are. I checked off more boxes on the envelope this morning than they did. But Paul never compared himself to other people. He never compared himself to the person next door to him. He always compared himself to Christ. And so when he did that, he always knew, he always realized, he always understood that he always came up short. That he could never meet the standard of Christ Jesus. And so he was continually wanting to learn more and do more and try to become more like him. And as he was sending his letter to the Philippians, to the Philippian church, he wanted to make sure that the Philippians were not becoming complacent. When we look at our, our churches across, uh, started to say across America, but across the world, we can see that over the last three years that, that, that our churches have become more complacent in a sense, and, and simply because we've been separated. And we haven't had that unity. We haven't had that opportunity to come together and, and worship and fellowship and go out the way that we did in the past. But Paul is, is warning the, the church at Philippi not to become complacent. And he's urging them to, to, to evaluate their life. Look where you are today spiritually. And that's one thing I want us, everybody here to do today is to evaluate your life spiritually. Where are you spiritually today? You see, Paul wants us to take where we are today, accept that. It's not good or bad, it's what it is. But he wants us to embrace that and then begin to move on in our spiritual growth. To become who Christ wants us to be. You know, we, we, we've heard the saying, well, I'm getting better with age. Are we really? Or have we become complacent? Are we really getting better spiritually? Are we growing spiritually? Are we focused on running the race that God has laid out before us? The Olympics have been on the, the, the last several weeks, I think. I haven't followed them at all, but I think this weekend is, is the closing ceremonies and the, the, the closing weekend of the, of the Olympics. <clears throat> but if you think about it, all the athletes that, that went over there, none of them competed in every sport, did they? In, in, in every field, they, they didn't. They can't, can they? Now, now granted, they... They took their time. They've spent their life training and, and focusing on one sport. Now, now granted, they may have done a few events in that one sport, but every athlete can't train and compete for every sport. 
and for every event. And it's just like the game of life. We can't, we can't try to focus on every area of our life, of our, our career, our, our, our hobbies, our habits, our fun time, our church time, Christ Jesus. Any, and what Paul is saying here is that we need to focus our mind, we need to focus our attention on our relationship with Lord Jesus Christ first and let everything else fall in place. You think about the, the, uh, <clears throat> the games, uh, the Olympic games. They all have rules, don't they? You can't step out of bounds. You can't knock over the flag. You, you, know, you can't take performance-enhancing drugs. On and on and on. Because if, they, if you do, what happens? You're disqualified, aren't you? You're kicked out of the game. You cannot compete anymore. Well, that's kind of the way it is with Christianity. You see, God has, has given us a rule book here, a, a set of guidelines, a set of guardrails to live within, and He tells us not to go outside those guardrails because there's danger out there. The world will attack you and, 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 and take you out. And, and it'll take our focus and our attention away from Christ. And it'll take our lives away from Christ, ultimately disqualifying us. We see in Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, it says, And this is my prayer. As, as Paul, we see throughout the, the book of Philippians, he, he, he lays out several of these guidelines or these guardrails um, that he puts in place for us. And he says in chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, he says, and this is my prayer, that, you, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless, blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. He goes into chapter 2, verse 14. He says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then he continues on in chapter 3 and he reminds them that, he reminds them that he's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And Paul drives that point here and he reminds them that, that he's not perfect. He's not been made complete yet. He's still trying to become more and more like Christ. It's a continual process and he, he picks up in, in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. And he says, Not that I've already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Folks, when, when these athletes are training for competition, when, when they're training, they're, they're trained not to look back. They're trained not to look back at the competition coming at them because it slows them down. And, and, and so rather than looking back, they're focusing on, on what's ahead of them. They're focusing on their goal, whether it be 
the finish line, the end zone, a stolen base, whatever it might be, but they're focused on what's ahead of them. When you're running that race, you begin, you, you, you can, it's like another sense that you have it, that somebody's catching up with you. And that's the way it is in the world. When we're in, 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 in a deep relationship with Christ, we can begin to feel the temptations coming toward us. We begin to, befe- to, to feel the world beginning to, to try to attack us. We keep our eyes focused on the prize, on the thing that is before us. He continues on in verse 14. He says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so he's telling them, don't pay attention to the world. Focus on Christ and we'll leave the world in the dust. Amen. And ultimately we'll leave the world behind as we join him in heaven. And he continues on in verse uh, verse 15. And verse 15 isn't a, a reprimand, but rather he's encouraging them in their faith. And he's encouraging us in our faith. And it's essential that we keep growing in our walk with the Lord. It's essential that we don't become complacent, that we continue maturing, becoming that mature adult in Christ, that we go beyond eating the baby food spiritually eating the meat spiritually. Going from the little child to the adult and maturing in the faith. And he says in verse 15, he says, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things and on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. What is it that you don't understand? Christ is saying, if you don't understand it, seek His knowledge, seek His wisdom, pray for clarity, and and He will offer it. And again, He's talking about here, come to grips with where you are spiritually. Accept it, acknowledge it, and then begin to move on. Begin to move forward. But what does Paul talk about when when he says, when he talks about becoming mature? And I don't think anybody in here would say they're perfect, would you? There might be a few that would. (laughs) I don't think anybody, nobody's going to say I'm perfect, would they? Not by any means. But could it be we say we're good enough spiritually? Could it be we say I'm pretty well versed in the Bible? Could it be that we feel confident in God's Word? Could it be that we think we don't need Christian fellowship? If that's the case, it's a good indicator that we're not spiritually mature. You see, the first mark of maturity is acknowledging that we're not mature. That we're not perfect in any way maybe a better way of saying it is that we're we're not complete that we're not perfect yet we're not perfect yet i, I thought when, when when i started ministry i thought i had a pretty good 
grasp on, on, on the Bible. Then I started seminary. <laughs> and, and, and they give you one of these tests. It's called a pretest. They didn't do it back in the day, but they're doing it in this day. <laughs> and, and they're not fun, okay? Because it kind of lets you know how much you don't know, okay? And, and so they tell you what you're going to learn through the, through the course of the semester. And so this, this pretest, they, they, they test you on all this knowledge that you're going to be learning throughout the semester. And I didn't grade too well on it. <laughs> I was humbled real quick. And so I think when when we get that pridefulness or that arrogance or that overconfidence, there's way more that we need to learn. There's a whole lot more than we, that we need to know about God and God's Spirit and the Lord Jesus Christ and how, how they want us to live. Some have the attitude, I don't, I don't need any more teaching. I don't need to hear any more sermons. Or I, don't, I don't need that Bible study because I've already studied that. Or I don't need to study that book of the Bible with you because, or with y'all because I've already studied it. If that's you, be careful because Christianity is a marathon. It's an ongoing process, a never-ending progression of learning. We can never know it all. Amen? We can never understand the depths of God's Word because our minds just aren't big enough. And so we have to acknowledge that we're not mature enough, that we're not perfect by any means, that we continue to need that, that learning, that interaction, that fellowship, and the, uh, the the teaching of God's Word. And so the second mark of, of maturity is that we're, that we're pressing on in Christ. And because we're not uh, perfect or completely mature in, in Christ, then we need to press on. We need to, to relentlessly pursue Him and His goodness. We all probably know someone that... Uh, that accepted Christ at, at some point in their life. They were on fire. They were, they were gung-ho and, and, and time went on and, and, and eventually that flame burned out. That, that flame is hardly a spark anymore. Like an ember that goes out when it's removed from the fire, believers will, will grow cold in their, in their spiritual journey when they're when they're not, not an active part in the family of God. And again, kind of going back, I think that Satan has used the, the tongs of COVID to, to pluck out some of the people in the church to set them aside, to cool them off. As believers of Christ, it's part of our duty to encourage them to hop back in the fire. To reignite those flames again. Thinking about that same idea with a, a charcoal. You know, you start a charcoal fire, fire and you pile it all up and you light it on fire. And 
you know, inevitably there's one piece over here that never gets lit. Do you take that and throw it on the fire? You see, there's people out there outside these doors that have never been placed in the fire. That have never been on fire for the Lord. And so he encourages us to, to be a part of getting those placed back in the fellowship of believers. And then the third mark is seeking clarity from, from Christ. In verse 15, that, that, that God will make His word and His purposes clear to you. Are we seeking the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God with all of our hearts? Is that truly a burden on our hearts? There are people that will admit that they're sinful. They'll admit their sinfulness, but yet they don't want to do anything about it. You see, they're too full of pride to ask for God's help. They're too full of pride to seek repentance and confession. Folks, only the wise will seek God's counsel. And he's telling us here to, to, to seek God's clarity for His Word and for His purpose in His, in his life. Where, where are we on the, on the scale of maturity? You know, we, we, we started the, our time off this morning asking, where are you spiritually? To reflect and consider where you are spiritually. Where do you fall on the scale of maturity? Verse 16 says, only let us live up to what we've already attained. In other words, Start where you are and keep moving forward. And Paul tells us in verse 17, he takes a bold step there and offers a unique invitation. Verse 17 says, Join together in following my example. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have, have us as a model, keep your eye on those who live as we do. Can, can, can we as a church body go out this door and, and offer others that have fallen outside the, the fellowship for now? Can, can we honestly go out these doors and say, come follow me as I follow Christ? That's a scary thought, isn't it? Are we living that life where we can say that? And so Paul is, is, is calling on the Philippians to, to join him in, in imitating Christ. He wants to be a Christian example for them. And, and so maybe a better way of stating that would be to join me and, and imitate me as I imitate Christ. He's inviting them to say, look at my life and follow the way I live. Follow me as I follow Christ. Are you willing to say that today? Are we willing to offer that invitation to those around us? Say, look at my life. Look at the way I live, the things I do, the places I go. Because I'm trying to imitate Christ. Won't you join me and, and, and let's Try to imitate Christ 
together. You see, in order for us to reach our full potential in Christ, we have to follow after Christ. Following means activity, does it? It means following along. It requires movement. It, it requires progression. And as long as we're on this earth, we're to press on in Christ. We're to keep on advancing and, and running after perfection in Christ. There's no such thing as a believer in Christ sitting still spiritually. We've got to forget the past and, and focus on the future. We can't, we can't forget, though, without reaching for what's ahead. We can't look back or we'll lose ground. We have to look ahead at what's ahead and, and focus our attention on it because we will, we will accomplish what we focus on. And praise God that the, that, that the sins of our past and the events of our, of our past are covered by the blood of Jesus. And, and, and that gives us the freedom to move forward. Seeking after Him and living for Him. And so not only are we to focus on the future, but we're to actively chase after our goal. Paul kept his, his mind growing and maturing in Christ. Again, for him it was about knowing and sharing, knowing and making Him known. And so that took devotion and direction, determination and discipline to reach where He wanted to go. And it takes us the same to reach our goals to keep the faith and to finish the race. And so keep our minds on Christ. We're not perfect yet. We're not perfect. We're mature, but we're not fully mature yet. And maturity isn't about being perfect, but it's about becoming perfect. And oh, what a glorious day it will be when we meet Jesus face to face as, as believers in Him. I want to encourage you today to, to remain faithful to the end and finish the race strong that Christ has put before you. Folks, everybody is walking in some direction, spiritually. What direction are you walking in? You see, if we're not walking towards Christ, if we're not walking with Christ, we're walking towards destruction. That's what I say with Paul in Galatians chapter 5. I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But you are led by the Spirit. You are not under the law. So I say, follow after Christ and press on, focusing on the future. Your sins have been forgiven to bring healing from your past, and you can change the direction of your life today by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The one and only perfect person to ever live, who lived that sinless life, who gave His life, who allowed His blood to be shed on the cross to cover our abundance of sin. And God raised him to life on the third day so that we could have the hope of a resurrected life too. Praise God.
Or maybe today you feel outside of that one of those dying embers that's not part of the fellowship. Maybe your, your, your fire has dwindled and, and so maybe today is just a time for you to, to come to, before the Lord and say, Lord, help me. I promise you God will honor that prayer. God, light me on fire. He'll honor that prayer. God, give me a, a burden for your word, for prayer, for fellowship, for witness. God will honor that prayer. Are we willing to pray that? You see, we can, we can either start our journey with Christ today or we can pick it up where we are and continue strong to the end, being faithful to the end. Where are you spiritually? Where do you desire to go? I heard on the, on the way up here this morning, a, a man was asked, he had retired, and he said, the, the interviewer asked him, he said, what, what is on your bucket list to do? He said, I don't have a bucket list. He said, the only thing on my bucket list now that I'm retired is to continue to do whatever God wants me to do. That is my bucket list. Let's pray together. Father, you see our hearts. You know what's on our hearts, God. You know the burden that's there. You know the anxiety that's there. You know the desires of all that we've spoken of this morning. God, help us to truly and honestly evaluate where we are with you in our spiritual walk and determine if we're good enough or if we need you more. And God, whatever you convict our hearts of today, right now, in this moment, God, that we would respond to you for what you want. And so, Father, hear our hearts and hear our prayers and have your way in our life. For we want to follow you. In Christ's name we pray.